Let's all now turn to the book of Luke, chapter 12, <clears throat> chapter 12, verse 49 through 50. Those two verses, Luke, chapter 12, verse 49 and 50. And if you could please stand to honor the reading of his word, Luke 12, 49 through 50. I have come to send fire upon the earth and wish that it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to be baptized with. And how present, excuse me, how pressed I am until it is accomplished. God bless and honor the reading of his word, and you may be seated. Baptized by fire. You've heard the phrase, I'm sure. And you know, as cold as things have been, which has been very cold here lately, I'm sure being baptized by fire don't sound too bad. <laughs> Keep you warm. You know. You know, uh, I love Batman. Most people know that I'm a big Batman fan. Most people that know me well, I love Batman. And there's a whole lot of villains I love. There's a whole lot of villains. I mean, most people know Joker and Riddler and Catwoman, people like that. But there was one villain that I loved as a kid. He was really dorky in the 1960s show. Most of them were, let's be honest. That's what it's supposed to be, campy. But finally, in the 1980s and especially in the 90s, they brought out a really great show called Batman Animated Series. And with that, they brought out one of the characters I loved a lot in a very cool, literally cool way, Mr. Freeze. And I loved Mr. Freeze. He was done so great and cool in this show. And we thought how great it would be, all this dorky fans, how, how cool it would be that they brought him out in a movie. And we had ideas that they were finally going to put him in a movie, and they did. And we had so many great actors in mind. Who would they get to play Mr. Freeze? And right away, all of us super nerdy fans had ideas like Patrick Stewart, who many of you know, he's first of all already bald, and he looked perfect for the role, and he already played a role similar to that. And we thought maybe Patrick Stewart or John Malkovich, or people like that, would be perfect for Mr. Freeze. But no, who did they get? A guy who I love. I love this man, but he wasn't good for the role. His name was Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I love Arnold. You may have heard of him before. I don't know. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger to play Mr. Freeze. And they did. And it was one of the worst movies I'd ever seen in my entire life. It was so bad, they had to redo everything with Batman. But I never thought I'd be talking about this in a sermon, I'll be honest with you. But I also never thought I'd collect anything from that horrible film. What was even worse was when the movie came out, I was so looking forward to another Batman film, I not only went out and saw it, I had to basically lie and say I liked it and tried to convince myself that I did. And I didn't just see it once or twice or three times. I saw it four times at the theater trying to convince myself that it was a cool film. But it wasn't. It was horrible. It was one of the worst movies ever made. It came out in 97 and it was so bad. Nowadays they say it's so bad it's good. Now I don't know if that is real. But I've watched it even recently watched it again to get myself prepared for the sermon. God help me. But that being said, it was bad. In fact, it was so bad, Mr. Freeze had so many one-liners, it was horrible. Now, Arnold Schwarzenegger is known for having bad one-liners. That's become one of his things. In that movie, he has so many bad one-liners. One of them is, freeze well. I could try to say it like Arnold, but I wouldn't do well. Freeze well, he said. He said, can you be cool, Batman? At one time, he said, you are not sending me to the cooler, he said at one point. He said, the Iceman cometh. 
At one time, he said in the film, and I swear, this is what he says. He says, allow me to break the ice. My name is Freeze. Learn it well, for it's the chilling sound of your doom. But that's not the worst. The worst, and I still love it, it's so horrible bad. And I had to say it today, especially being Sunday, I had to say this line. If revenge is a dish best served cold, then put on the Sunday finest, it's time to feast. That was really a line from the film. That's how bad it was. Now, I say all this to you today because even though today's sermon is not about Mr. Freeze, it is about colds, and it is about the cold. And I figured if there's any day to use Mr. Freeze and the silliness of him, today's the day. Because the sermon title is called Cold Symptoms. Cold Symptoms. Now, it's true that this time of year we do catch colds. But I'm not talking about a literal sickness of colds. I'm not even talking about the heat or lack thereof, that kind of cold. I'm talking about other things, which we're going to talk about. And when we go through difficult times, very difficult times in life, this causes a cold to come upon us. It causes a cold or a fear, a compassion, our compassion to freeze. And I mentioned to you, Mr. Freeze, and the fact is, is that character was known to have a frozen heart or have no compassion on people. They talked about that. The sad truth is there's a lot of people in this world who have no compassion on people. They have a frozen heart. They have a lack of compassion. And I hate to tell you this, but there's a lot of Christians in this world, a lot of Christians who are known to the world and the lost as people who have no compassion. And this is not what God wants from us. We're not to be that way. We're not to have the cold symptoms. When the people of the world are looking to Christians, they don't want to see cold symptoms. They want to see the symptoms of love. They want to see warmth. They want to see that from a Christian. Now, granted, if a lost person doesn't want to see love, they're not going to see love. Amen? If they don't want to see warmth of Christ, they won't. Because a lot of the lost people, they don't want to find it, and they won't if they don't want to. But at the same time, what they don't need is to see the cold and the cold from the people of the Lord. But so this is how a lot of people get the cold and cold symptoms. They've looked to our, our past experiences. Because let's be honest, a lot of times from our past, people have hurt us. People have done things to us that help us to feel hurt. They help us to feel like something horrible has happened and it's going to happen again. Amen. Has anyone, maybe I'm not alone here, has anyone ever had something happen so bad to you, you're afraid it's going to happen again? And maybe it's happened in church. I don't know. But our past experiences can cause a snowball effect. And our love can be out cold. These are phrases that people use. Out cold, snowball effect. Have you ever heard these phrases? Have you ever had that, your past experiences call, uh, cause a snowball effect in your life? Maybe your effect in a church. Now, I can't talk for anyone else here. I've had things happen in churches, even in this church, and in other churches. I'm not talking about recently, of course. But I'm talking about a long time ago, and in other churches too, and from other church people from other places, where you see people who don't always treat you as they should, because you know why? It's a horrible thing, and they should know better. They're human. And human beings can sometimes be cold. They can sometimes go off that emotion, and it's a shame. So because of that snowball effect, and their love goes out cold, some stop going to church, and some stop going to the Bible, and they stop having faith. They stop it all cold turkey. They decide to stop all that cold turkey. Have you ever known people do that? 
Maybe you've done that in the past. Maybe you feel, I don't need God anymore. I don't need, because I've been hurt. I've been hurt too bad. So cold turkey, I'm going to stop the Bible, stop the, you don't know what they've done to me, pastor. You just don't know. You're right. I don't. And you don't know what people have done to me. But praise God, my faith isn't built on people. My faith isn't built on people. If my faith was built on people, I would go cold turkey. I would stop right away. But it's not. It's not. We feel when we start going cold turkey, we feel that we are walking on thin ice. Now, let me tell you something about me. It's not safe for me to walk on thin ice. It's just not. It's not safe for anybody to walk on thin ice, to be honest. Even a skinny person, even a light person, even a little bit of kid, you don't want to walk on thin ice. But it's especially not safe for a big man. And I don't know if you can tell, but I'm a big man. A big man shouldn't walk on thin ice, and a person of the Lord shouldn't walk on thin ice. So many people walk on thin ice all the time, a thin ice of faith. It's hard to say, a thin ice of faith. But they shouldn't do that. And pardon the phrase I'm about to use. It's not a curse word. A lot of people think it is not. But people use a terrible phrase, and they'll say, I'll forgive these people for doing me wrong when hell freezes over. They use, they use this phrase, talking about the place of hell, they use this phrase saying, when hell freezes over, I'll forgive them. But that's not Christianly. First of all, I've seen a movie called Scrooge, it's a musical, where they actually show the place of hell, and one place of it was frozen. And they say that, oh, it's so horrible to be frozen. And I can imagine it's true. I used to work in a freezer at a Sam's Club. And when I worked there in that freezer, it was cold all the time. The only good thing about working in the freezer, you get so used to the cold, the winter doesn't bother you that bad. <laughs> in fact, the entire time that I worked in the freezer for three years, I not one time got a cold. Not one time did I ever catch a cold. The moment that I left that part and went to another place, I got a cold right away. <laughs> I don't know why or how. Maybe it was uh, just coincidence. I doubt it. But either way, people say, I'll forgive when hell freezes over. Well, hell's never going to freeze over. And I got something else to tell you. There's not a heater in hell. The heat that the Bible's talking about is a, 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 it's basically trying to paint a picture. The fire and brimstone is talking about is something that the Spirit is going to go through. But we shouldn't be talking like that as a Christian anyway. We shouldn't be worried about that. We as Christians need to be loving. And our love, the love of God through us, need to break the ice. You need to break the ice. Now, I realize I'm using a lot of one-liners, much like Schwarzenegger, much like that Mr. Freeze character, but here's the truth. I get to use these phrases because these are true phrases that as a Christian we can use today. When we see the cold symptoms coming upon our lives, remember these phrases. We don't want to quit cold turkey from the Lord, our church, or the Bible, or attending when we need to attend we need to, it's good to attend Sunday school. We should. It's good to attend church services. It's good even to come on Wednesday nights because it helps you to continue to go on throughout the week. It's good to come to extra things. Not because it makes you a better Christian, but it helps you continue to stay warm out there in the world when it feels so cold. It's good for those things. We feel like we're walking on thin ice. It's good not to think that we're going to forgive in that terrible freezing over situation, but no, we need to have the love of God break the ice. And there's other phrases we're going to use today. Other phrases we're going to use today. Some people say this. 
they feel that they get cold feet. Now, does anyone here ever literally get cold feet at night? Anyone here? Oh, yeah, I see. Mostly women. And by the way, that's natural. God made the woman's body that way to warm the baby up when you hold that baby, when you bring the baby into the world. You're supposed to be that way. Men, we need to remember that. To keep the wife, keep the loved ones warm. Don't worry about yourself getting overheated. The women are built that way to bring new ones into the world. But all that being said, people figuratively get cold feet. A lot of times because of the past, we get cold feet and being kind to others and trusting others because of what happened. Because of what happened. Because of what others have done. We get cold feet. I'm not going to trust again. You don't understand, Pastor. It hurt my feelings. I understand. I really do. My feelings have been hurt again and again and again and again. And you know, I can go on and on with the agains. I really could. My feelings get hurt again and again. But you know what's beautiful? Just like your feelings get hurt again and again, Jesus' word, the Holy Spirit, is like a beautiful spiritual band-aid. You place it over your hurt feelings and heart, and guess what? It heals. It may not happen right away, but it heals. A few days ago, <laughs> I'm almost embarrassed to say this, but a few days ago, uh, I had a little sore, and like an idiot, I picked at it more than I should have, and it hurt so bad for days and days and days. I said, just leave it alone, big boy. I called myself. Uh, I'm actually quoting a man who used to come here named Ralph Shook. He used to call me big boy. <laughs> I miss him. But I said, leave it alone, big boy. And you know what? It's healed now. If we quit picking at the sores and let it heal, we feel a lot better. If we quit picking at the sore heart and the frozen cold feet, I guarantee it will heal. Every single winter, I get sores on my feet. The cold make my feet cut open. I know it's gross, but it's true. So I put lotion on my feet. I know it doesn't look that manly to walk in on the great big pastor, and he's putting, looks like female lotion on his feet because that's what it looks like. I'm, it's sometimes baby lotion and other things. I smell like a baby. Uh, but here's the thing. Guess what? I may smell like a baby, and I may look not that manly when I'm doing it, but guess what? Keep my feet from busting open. Keeps me from having cold feet. I can walk and, and feel good, and you don't see me hurting so bad. Not that you would know, but it's good not to have cold feet. We need to be kind to others. We need to keep trusting others. Don't worry so much about what they've done to you. Don't let those sore feet keep you from feeling that way. You know because I quote it all the time. But it's true. As it says in Luke 6.31, Esther, you quote a constant. That's right. Every single day to myself. Do unto others as you would have others do to you. Every single day I get on Facebook and I try to talk loving to someone or I talk to people on the phone and sometimes they're rude and crude and unkind. And the worldly part of me, as I say, the natural man part of me, wants to tell them what for, but I won't let it happen. And there's been times I have slipped and there has been times I've said things, but you know what? God won't let me. Just forget it. He won't. He taps on my shoulder and says, all right, big boy, <laughs> go back. Tell them you're wrong for doing that and show them love. And I have to. I can't be having cold feet about being kind. Okay, so what's the other kind? Sometimes, because of what people have done to us, because of what they've done in the past, we want to be cold-blooded. You've heard of that phrase, cold-blooded maybe like a snake or others. We want to be cold-blooded. And the cold-blooded 
when I take vengeance, and I already read to you, if revenge is a dish best served cold. You already know about that. I, I read it to you. Well, vengeance and wishing bad things on others is horrible. It brings sorrow. It brings bad feelings on yourself, not just on... I've, I've met so many people say, man, I wish bad things would happen to that person. They deserve it. Have you ever heard that from others? I sure have. But you don't understand. They raped that girl. They hurt that person. And I understand that. I really do. I was just watching a thing a couple days ago. Broke my heart. It was about a little baby. Cute as a button, as I often say. Real cute. And it was his first birthday. And I thought they was going to tell us a real cute story. And it turns out that that little baby spent his first birthday being captured by the people of Gaza. He's in Israel. Sweet, beautiful little redhead boy. Captured over there in Gaza. And it showed a beautiful young lady in her early 20s captured. I don't even want to think about what they may have done to her. I'm sure they have. But the truth be told, if anyone has, quote unquote, right to want vengeance upon them as her family, her, her parents, her. But that is not what we're to do. We're to let God take care of it. What does it say in Romans 12, 19? Romans 12, 19 says it this way. And by the way, in Romans, Paul is not speaking for himself. Paul is quoting another book in the Bible. And I'm going to tell you what that book is so that you can write this down in case you've ever wondered. When he's quoting this, he's quoting Deuteronomy 32, 35. So Romans 12, 19 is what we're going to read. But he's quoting Deuteronomy 32:35. And it says in Romans 12:19, it says, "Beloved, beloved, do not avenge yourselves." It says, "Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to God's wrath. For it is written, "Vengeance is mine. I will repay," says the Lord." And that's in Deuteronomy 32:35. So often we want to take vengeance. Maybe you've heard of that before. Maybe you've wanted to do it before. Have you ever had someone do you wrong? Or maybe, <laughs> I saw that look, sister. I understand. We've all had someone do us wrong. Have you ever wanted to take vengeance into your own hands? I have. I've wanted to. I've not done it. But I've wanted to. And here's another thing. Maybe you have a loved one. You know, if someone takes vengeance upon you, I mean, if someone hurts you, it's kind of a lot easier to forgive. But if you have a loved one, a deep loved one, someone who you love so much, and you see someone do wrong to them, it's harder to forgive because you love that loved one so much, and you see them be hurt. Oh, it's hard to forgive that person because you hurt my son. You hurt my daughter. You hurt my brother. You hurt my sister. You hurt my nephew. You hurt my niece. You hurt my mom. You hurt my dad. You hurt my grandma. You hurt my grandpa. Let me tell you something, brother. It's hard not to take it easy. One time, I was on a trip. This is when I had lost all that weight. I was about to turn 40. And I got a phone call from my grandmother. And she was telling me about this 
neighbor who had done her wrong. And man, if I could have done like Star Trek and beamed over to talk to that man, boy, I would have. <laughs> because he had bothered her and scared her, and she never really got over that. It scared her badly. She was in her early 90s, and it really scared her. She was afraid someone was, he did try to get in. She was afraid he was going to break in the house and hurt her. And I'll tell you what, <laughs> there's a lot of things that I can handle. But someone trying to hurt my Grammy, ooh, I want to get in the flesh bad. I'm sorry, Lord. I wanted to. But God reminded me, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Not yours, Philip. And I was in good shape at the time. <laughs> a lot of good shape. I ran up the stairs just the next day. I wanted to do things, but you know what? God wouldn't let me. Because that's a horrible ministry. We can't take vengeance upon our own hands. But, Pastor, you don't understand. They hurt my son. It doesn't matter. The vengeance is not for you. It's for God. Let God take care of it. And I got news for you. Just because it hurt your daughter, and I can understand. Someone hurts your daughter, of course you want to do what takes right. I'm not talking about defending. I'm talking about avenging. I'm not talking about defending your son. That's completely different. I'm talking about avenging. There's a difference. I'm not talking about defending your mother, because if I had to defend my mother, oh, I'm talking about avenging. I'm not talking about defending your father, your grandfather, grandmother, your sons, your nephews, whoever. I'm talking about vengeance. Vengeance is God's, not yours. Don't you take it in your own hand. No, it's not for you. You're not Rambo. Let God take care of that. We're not to be cold-blooded. But oftentimes we give someone, when we're upset because of the past or other things that are happening, we give someone the cold shoulder. You ever give someone cold shoulder? We just not, not give, we're not forgiving. Give the cold shoulder. I don't want to talk to them. I can't talk to them. You don't understand. I'm doing this for their own good. I'm doing it for my good. Let's not lie to ourselves. We're doing it because of us, not because of them. We're doing it because of us, because we're not being loving enough. We give the cold shoulder. When they come back looking for forgiveness, don't give them the cold shoulder. Now, I'm not talking about being a sucker and letting someone take advantage of you again and again and again. I'm not talking about that. But don't give someone the cold shoulder if they're coming back and they're truly Sorry. If God gives you a chance to make things right and wants them to make things right, let them. Vengeance is God's, not yours. Matthew 18. Matthew 18, 21 through 22. Then Peter came to him, being Jesus, and said, Lord, how often shall I forgive my brother who sins against me? Up to seven times? Remember, remember, seven is the number of perfection. So he thought that'd be perfect. I mean, he really thought forgiving once would be enough, but he figured if I say seven, Jesus, the Lord God, he's going to say, oh, wow, that's awesome. That's wonderful. That's magnificent. But that's not what Jesus said, did he? It says in Matthew 18, 22, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Now, does this mean that 490 times is enough? No. It means keep on forgiving. Keep on forgiving. Because it's dangerous for us to hang on to hate and frustration and anger. It's dangerous for us. It hurts our heart. It hurts our heart. Don't give people a cold shoulder. And you know what? When you're giving people a cold shoulder, guess what else you're doing? Whether you realize it or not. You're giving the Holy Spirit the cold shoulder. You're giving the Word of God the cold shoulder. You're giving the Lord God the cold shoulder. Because the Holy Spirit is God. You're giving Christ the cold shoulder. How can you follow God if you're not following God in his word? You're giving God the cold shoulder. We can't do that. 
People say, oh, I'm listening to the Lord. I'm obeying the Lord, but I'm just not following that part. No, you either are following God or you're not. But you can't give others the cold shoulder and be listening and being warm to God. You can't be doing both. You're one or the other. You can't be warm and cold. McDonald's had this horrible, horrible uh, sandwich that did not last long. Back in the day, it, what was it called? BLT or whatever it was called. It did not, I don't remember the name of it all the way. But they tried to make this styrofoam box. The hot stays hot and the cool stays cool. I remember that. And in case you didn't know, I, I, I remember who the guy was back in the day. He had this wavy hair when he had hair. His name was Jason Alexander. Now, Jason Alexander, you may know from the show Seinfeld, played George. But either way, back then, he was sitting there singing and dancing with it. And, and don't worry, you, the, the cold stays cold and the hot stays hot. Well, listen, folks, you're either hot or cold, but when you try to get it together, it mixes up. And that's what happens while the sandwich didn't last. But the point is, is as a Christian, we're not to be hot and cold. No, no, no. You're to stay hot for the Lord God. Stay warm in the love of the Lord. Don't be cold to one person and warm to the Lord. No, you're one or the other. You're not both. It says in Colossians 3.13, bear with one another and forgive one another. This is Colossians 3.13. Bear with one another and forgive one another. If anyone has a quarrel against anyone, oh, wait, wait, not just the ones you like, not just the ones that are in your church building, not just the ones in your family, not just the ones that you think are pretty, not just the ones that you think are good looking, bald on top of the big bowls, not just the ones with the flat noses, not just the ones, or whatever, not just them, everybody. Anyone, anyone, even as Christ forgave you, so you must do. Boy, that hits like a ton of bricks, don't it? Mmm. Mmm. So you must do. It didn't say maybe. It didn't say now and then. It says you must do. Ooh, dog. And remember what Jesus said when he was talking about praying. Remember what he said in Matthew 6, 12. Now the whole part there, when he was up on the Mount of Olives, and he was telling the people who went to him, giving the Beatitudes, he told how to pray. And in that prayer, Matthew 6, 12, he says, And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. These people may have done you wrong, but we're not to give them the cold soda, nor God, not at all. Now, usually people do this because of one other thing. It's usually because they're cold-hearted. They're cold-hearted. They don't mean to be. They probably think that they're warm-hearted. They think that they're loving and kind, and they probably are towards some things. But cold-hearted comes from deep down when you're cold-hearted. It does not feel any affection or sympathy towards others or some. Oh, I have a warm heart towards my loved ones, my babies, my grandchildren, my children, my mother, my father, whoever, but not towards the one who did my daughter wrong, not towards it, and I get it. I really do. But God doesn't ask us to love a couple. He doesn't ask us to love this person or that person. Who does he ask us to love? Everyone. Everyone. That's hard, Pastor. I know. You're talking to him. I know. It's hard for me to love everybody, but I got to. Now, I'm going to read to you Proverbs 14, 17, and I want you to mark this. I'm going to read it to you twice. I'm going to read it to you from two different versions. And I must admit, I hadn't really paid attention to this version before too awful much. 
The first version is the version I always read, MEV, which means Modern English Version. And that is uh, basically the King James written in a way that we can all understand very well. That's what I almost always read from. And it says in Proverbs 14, 17, He who is quick-tempered deals foolishly, and a man of wicked devices is hated. But then I read it again, because I was looking up things about being cool and cold and all that, and I saw this version of that same verse, and it put it in such a way that I had to use. And I'll admit, for those who have a hard time understanding the Bible sometimes, which is fine, everybody has their own way of understanding. And I understand that. But there is a version called The Message. And The Message is interesting because it tries to spell it out in a plain Jane, we'll call it plain Jane way. Um, and so The Message says that same verse this way. The hot-headed do things they'll later regret. But listen to this. The cold-hearted get the cold shoulder. And I thought that was really good. The hot-headed do things they'll later regret. And we all do, don't we? When we do things out of anger, not out of the Spirit of God. But the cold-hearted get the cold shoulder. Proverbs 4.23. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Now, these are important verses, and we're going to go back through them in a few weeks whenever Valentine's Day is near us, because our heart is so important. We must keep our heart in shape with God. Jesus Christ said in Luke 21.34, in Luke 21.34, Jesus said, Be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. And it's true. If our hearts are weighed down with hatred, with all these things and the traps of life, oh boy, look out. It could be that you're anxious. It could be drunkenness. It could be the carousing, the sexual impurities, and all these other things. Look out. Oh, you're going to regret it. Psalm 51.10. I love this because it's a song. You've heard it many times. What's what Psalm is? But listen, Psalm 51.10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Isn't that beautiful? Listen to Psalm 37, verse 4. Psalm 37, verse 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. If our heart is not cold, which it sometimes is, and it shouldn't be, if our desire is the Lord, then it won't be cold towards others. But sometimes it is, and it shouldn't be that way. A Christian's compassion should never be seen to be as cold as ice. There's an old song from the 80s, she's as cold as ice. And I remember that because I've met that girl, I think. <laughs> I have met men that way towards women. But I've met Christians who come off as cold as ice to the world. I've met Christians who come off as cold as ice to other Christians. It shouldn't be that way. How could a Christian come off as cold as ice when they're supposed to have the love of Christ shining through them? It shouldn't be that way, folks. So let's now turn to Matthew chapter 24. It says in Matthew chapter 24, verses 4 through 14, 
The disciples were asking him up on the Mount of Olives. They're asking him a question. And the question they were asking was, it says, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? And so this is what it says in Matthew chapter 24, verses 4 through 14. Jesus answered them, take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must happen, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, epidemics, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will hand over to be uh, persecuted. Then they will, be, uh, they will hand you over to be persecuted and will kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will rise and will deceive many because iniquity will abound. The love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached throughout the world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Folks, we're living in that now. He's speaking to the people of Israel. He's speaking to the Hebrews. He's speaking to them now, and they hate them. I don't know how they hate them or why they hate them, except that they stand for the truth. And we as Christians need to stand for truth. That's why they hate your guts and liver. And they do. They can't stand you. It's not because of you, but because they hate Jesus Christ who lives within you. And we should not come off as cold as ice, but we should come off with a warm love, which we'll get to in a moment. But we know that we are to be trusted, not because of us, but because of Jesus Christ who lives within us. And we know because your pastor says it a lot, and it's true that as it says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 6, we are now not to be as cold as ice, but to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understandings. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Yes, we're not to be as cold as ice. Don't let that be the case. You see, this kind of heart, talking about being as cold as ice, this kind of heart makes us speak things that we never thought we'd think and never thought we'd say. Amen. Have you ever found yourself saying things like, I can't believe I said that. Oh, I'm so sad to say your pastor in the past has said things that his mouth was ashamed to speak and thought things his mind never thought he'd think. I'm ashamed of it. Because of that, I've had a cold front, a cold front of the mind. Things that have come into our minds that have taken over like a storm. That's a cold front. And once it does that, then come the cold sores. I'm sure we've all had cold sore before. Boy, that's a horrible thing to have, isn't it? But when you have a spiritual cold sore from your mouth, these are when we say things that hurt us as much or more than it hurts others. Have you ever said things that are hurtful? And you're like, oh, I can't believe I said that. It hurts so bad. I don't know why I said that. Because we're not thinking. We're leaning to our own fleshly understanding, the emotional understanding, and not to the spiritual. And I've done it. And many times I want to, when I get done, oh, fellow, what are you doing? Slap myself on the wrist. And God says, well, don't listen to that. Come back to me. I'll help you. This is when we go back to Christ. Because what does Christ do? 
Oh, you've ever seen those commercials? Those commercials, especially in the winter, they show them. Those commercials, whether it be NyQuil, whether it be some sort of Tylenol for your children, they try to give you some kind of cold medication commercial. Oh, if you're cold out there, you need to be warmed up. Eat Campbell's Soup used to do it too, you remember? Campbell's Soup is good food. They tell you that you need to be warm and you need to be snuggled up inside. And that's exactly right. But we're not talking about the physical. We need to go back to Christ because he warms up our hearts. He warms up our souls. He warms up our minds from the inside out. Christ will keep us warm. He keeps us warm and safe and makes us feel the way we need to feel. We need to quit going back out to the cold. All right, parents. All right, grandparents. You have those children who want to play outside in the cold. And sometimes they want to play outside in the cold for hours and hours on end. Then you say, okay, whatever your name is. And maybe you're really saying that because you can't remember their name at the moment. But anyway, you say, okay, whatever your name is, come on in. You've been out there for too long. Get warmed up for a while and go back out there. No, 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 I just got, no. No, come on in now. I said, God does that to you, kiddio. God says, baby, you've been out there in the world too long in the cold. Come on in. Get back to church. Get back to the word. Get back and listen to the spirit. Oh, but I'm okay. I just don't. No, get your gloves on right now. Take some Campbell's soup and get back out there when I tell you to. All right, God. All right, Father. Okay. We need to quit listening to ourselves and listen to God. He wants to keep us warm inside. It's not to your ditch, but to your good. What does it say in Ephesians 4, 31 through 32? Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, outburst, and blasphemies with all malice be taken away from you and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ also forgave you. We need to be warm to others. Be there loving. Yes, this can be misconstrued. Yes, this can be misused. People say, no, don't preach against anything. Just be loving, be kind, like a Hallmark card. Yes, we can be loving and kind. But this doesn't mean that we say that nothing is a sin. This is not to say that. It's just to be there for people who have messed up. Be loving to them and be kind to them. Let's not hang on to bitterness and wrath and anger and outbursts and blasphemies and malice because those things will make us cold. And God doesn't want us to stay out in the cold. He wants us to come back into the warmth of his love and compassion to his home and his families. Mark eleven twenty five. What does Jesus say? And when you stand praying, forgive if you have anything Forgive if you have anything against anyone. Whoa, whoa, let's go back again. Mark eleven twenty five. He says, when you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against the people you like. Well, that's not what he said. What did he say? Forgive if you have anything against anyone. Anyone. So that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your sins. We need to be warm, loving, forgiving. And this can be hard, as I've said before throughout this sermon. We don't need to be 
like a cold fish. Don't be like a cold, frozen fish. Jesus says, I will make you fishers of men, bring people in. Not be like a cold fish. We're not to be that way. I may have told the story before, and I don't know if I have, but I'll tell it anyway. It's very embarrassing. Very, very embarrassing. But when I was working at Sam's Club, and I told you I worked in the freezer for a long time, one of the days we were trying to break down the truck. We did that every Monday. Broke down the truck, and there was a box where all the bags of fish were broken open for some reason. And when that happened, my friend and I, he, he made a big mistake. He tossed me one of the fish, and it was light, and it was like a frisbee. And it came to me, and I caught it. And I threw it back to him. And then we started going back and forth to one another, throwing the fish like frisbees. And before long, as we were throwing it back and forth, we started throwing it to other people too. And we thought we caught them all. We really did. But we didn't. Before long, it was a couple days later, we got called to the office, and boy, they had it out for us, and we don't blame them. I can't blame them one bit, because apparently we missed about two or three fish, and they got caught under the pallets. And there was a whole bunch of yelling going on in the day, because they could smell all those fish, because even a frozen fish thaws. Don't be like the frozen fish that thaws out in the middle of a, an opening of Sam's Club, because people, the, the women don't like that. But no, in truth, don't be like the frozen fish. We're to be thawed by the warmth and heart of the Lord God. We need to be used of God. And if your heart is so frozen and you can't be warmth of God, you've got a problem. We're to be fishers of men. And fishers of men bring the people in, not push them out with a frozen heart. It says in 1 John 1.9, 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from some unrighteousness. But that's not what it says. All unrighteousness. That's right. All unrighteousness. Today as we go back out, that wind's going to hit you. And it's going to feel a little cold for a little while. But it's supposed to, and I say supposed to, because let's be honest, whether people don't always know what they're saying, but God does. And God created the weather, and God created those things. But whenever it's supposed to warm up this week, just remember, let this be a picture of what your life is like as a Christian. Sometimes the cold comes upon you, and sometimes we let our past experiences have the snowball effect on us, and we feel like we're out cold. We feel like we're going to give up on God, cold turkey. We feel like we're walking on thin ice. But we need, as Christians, to feel the love and let that love of the Lord God break that ice. We need not to have cold feet on others or the Lord God. We need not to be cold-blooded and give God and the people around us cold shoulder. We need not to be cold-hearted towards the Lord God and the other people. We need not to feel the heart, feel like we're as cold as ice. We need not to feel that cold front of our mind or the cold sore of our mouth, the things that we say. But we need to go back to the Lord God and let his warmth affect us in everything we say and do. And with that, our life will be wonderful and effective of God through all seasons. And I'll finish and close by reading John 13, 34 through 35. 
a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And you remember this, as you feel a cold heart towards others, or any kind of cold feeling towards others, it's time to let that ice thaw, to let the warmth of God affect your life. Don't let your heart be frozen anymore. It's time to let it go. It's time to let the warmth of the Lord God affect your entire life, the future, the past, and all things in between. Let's bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for forgiving us. And we pray that you help us, Lord God, that you forgive others through us. We know on our own we can't do it. We know that we don't have the ability, but we know that you do through us. We pray that we not be cold. We pray that we not have the cold hearts or the cold shoulder or any of the other things, Lord God. But Lord God, that we feel your warmth upon us. We pray that the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us to let your love be felt, not just by us, but by every single person that meets us, that meets you, that lives within us. We pray, Lord God, that the warmth of the Lord God will call out to others and bring them into the church. And not just this church, but all the churches around, that there be a great revival throughout the land and all the lands. I pray this in your holy, precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen.